And so this week for me is a culmination. And this sermon is, I'm preaching to myself here. This whole week was a week of surrender, of realizing I'm not good enough, I cannot do it, and I need the one who can to come into my life and to affect me, to transform me, and to give me the strength, give me the wisdom, give me the motivation to do what I cannot. But see, I've really been in a season of surrender because I've been able to have the opportunity to be the essay president at Swau. And even in that, I realized meeting after meeting, interaction after interaction, I'm just not good enough. As much as I might have thought I was gonna be a good leader for the position, that I had the abilities, I had the tools, I had the experience to do it. When rubber met the road, I just wasn't good enough. And so each time that I come out of these interactions, each time that we face the difficulties and say, God, I can't do this. I need you. And so I've been in this season of surrender all this semester, recognizing that the more I try to do it, the more I try to hold on to it, the more I really got to let it go and let God. The more I have to give of myself, give of my time, I have to follow Jesus' example and say, you know what, I need to carve out this time. I need to take this time. I need to prioritize this time with spending time with Jesus on the mountain. With spending time with Jesus in the morning, with spending time with Jesus in the evening and allowing him to fill me so that I can fill others. Allowing him to fill me so that I might be able to do the things that I just can't do if it was on my own accord. But really, ever since I started making this decision of giving my life to God and allowing him to direct my footsteps and to give me the purpose and the direction of my life, it has been steps of surrender. Allowing him to guide where I should go, what I should do, how I should be fulfilled, what my purpose should be. It's been surrender. And I'm telling you right now, I'm not good at it. I'm not perfect. But I want to let you guys know that the what is more important than the how. Let me qualify that. The what of serving God and giving to someone who has given it all to us is more important than the how because God will provide if we just come to him. If we would just come before him and say, Lord, I need you, but I don't know how to do, he will provide all that we need to accomplish his will. But what's my motivation? My motivation, in a lot of ways, the way I live my life is realizing what I don't want to do. I didn't want to live the life I was living before. I didn't want to live a life that was just seeking a paycheck, that was just getting more money. Because it has nothing, that has no value. There was nothing that this world could offer that filled the God-shaped hole in my heart, except for God himself. And so my motivation was fulfillment. My motivation was realizing that I couldn't do it. My motivation was realizing that God had such a better life for me than I ever could have thought or planned or tried to accomplish myself. And he offers that to every single one of us. It's what's got me here. I'm only standing on this platform because God has provided and led my footsteps, has provided the money, has provided the resource, has provided the wisdom, the knowledge. And even then I fall short because I try to continually do it myself. I stand before you not completely surrendered, but needing total surrender. 
But when we start off on this journey, when we start off on this walk with God, when we start off with this relationship with Jesus, he tells us to count the cost. He says, what is it that you have to give up to come follow me? Because you're going to have to give up everything. You're going to have to give up your family, your occupation, the things that you desire, your will, you're going to have to give up if you want to follow me. Because you cannot serve two masters. You cannot serve the master of this world and the master of the one who created this world. You must make a choice. You must count the cost if you are to finish the race. But see, we also have our motivation. And our motivation is, is that before we could love, Jesus loved us first. Our motivation is Jesus Christ himself, the one who died for us, who saw you in the beginning and said, you were worth it. You were worth dying for. You were worth spending time up on that cross and suffering. You were worth it. But not only that, the motivation is the people around you. The people that you have come into contact with day in and day out. And for some of you that have read uh, Concentric Circles of Concern, it's not person X right away. But it's the people that are right next to you. The people in your profession. The people in your dorm. Your roommate. Your family. Your relatives. These are the people that need to be affected by Jesus Christ living in your life. You as a living testimony. See, because Jesus' kingdom, it's not a place. It's a people. What would Jesus' kingdom be if there was no one there? It wouldn't, be a, it wouldn't be a kingdom. And I'll even posit to you, as my good friend Adelaide said, that heaven isn't a place either. Heaven is a person. And that person is Jesus Christ. God's kingdom is the people sitting around you, the people that you come in contact with. And he says, I want you to grab those people and bring them to me so that I might get them into my kingdom. Because heaven is a little bit less bright when we, you are not there. The what is more important than the how. And God will provide all. God will provide all. The what of God's kingdom being people and heaven being Jesus is more important than the how. I'm not saying that the how isn't important. Don't get my words twisted. But that when we come to Jesus, when we recognize Jesus is our everything, that he deserves our everything, then that's when he's allowed, he, we allow him to take place in our heart, to take place in our mind, to take place in our soul, to take place in our strength. And in all that we are, he will begin to do what we cannot do. But he never forces himself. He allows us the free will. He delays in coming the second time because there are people here that still need to make that decision. There are people here that still need to give a part of themselves to God because he doesn't have all of us. And he wants all of you because he gave all of himself. I'd like you to turn to Luke 9.23 if you have your Bible. If not, I will be reading it for you. Luke 9.23 and just to give some context, 
In this, uh, Jesus had just sent out his 12. They came back. You know, Herod's trying to seek Jesus because he's like, who is this guy? I thought I killed John, but now I got some other guy giving me trouble. Jesus feeds the 5,000. He's starting to show people who he really is. Starting to show his disciples who he truly is. Peter confesses that, Christ, that Jesus is Christ. And then Jesus begins to predict and tell of his death and his resurrection. And I want to pose to you this, this thought that the Bible isn't just a book of stories or allegories or things that we pull great lessons from and regurgitate. But it is a biography of Jesus' life and a model of how we should live our lives as well. Because Jesus recognized that he had a mission. That he should give all that he had to the Father. And that his will would not be done, but his Father's will. And then that's when we soon start to see his transformation into what God has called him to. Because right after this, right after this section of text, Jesus goes on to the mountain and is transfigured. And I'd like to read Luke 9, 23. Then he said to them all, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and is himself destroyed or lost? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words of him, the Son of Man, will be ashamed when he comes in his own glory and in his father's and of the holy angels. But I tell you truly, there are some standing here who shall not taste death till they see the kingdom of God. See, when we start in that first verse, 23, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself. This denial, this is an action. This is not just an inward thought or a feeling, but it's an action of surrendering your will, of surrendering who you think you should be, what you think you should do, and allowing God to dictate that through his Holy Spirit, working on your life, but also the word working in your life to transform you from the inside out. Working on your heart, working on your body, working on your spirit, your soul, and this will allow a living God to allow you to live a God-filled life. Denying yourself is surrendering yourself to God through all capacities that you have. And we read a little bit further, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily. I don't know about you, when I've read this verse before, it always seems like a great burden because I think of when Jesus was going up the, up the hill to Golgotha and he was carrying that cross and it seems so heavy. It seems so much. It seems impossible. But I want to ask you something. How much, is a, how much weight is a story? How much weight is this Bible? Because what Jesus is truly asking us is, is that when we take up our cross daily, that we are sharing the testimony of God's victory in your life. Of uplifting Jesus and his gospel for others to see. 
Because really what we're doing when we bear our cross is saying, this is my life that I used to be. And this is the victory that Jesus Christ has given me through his death. See, that cross, it's light. His burden is light. Jesus just asked that we come to him because he already carried the heavy load. He already did the hard part. He already gave you victory. He's just saying, come to me so that I might work in you so that others can see me through you. But Jesus doesn't say that this journey is easy, but that it is worth it. For whoever desires, in verse 24, for whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. Total surrender is realizing I can't save my own life and following after the one who can. Total surrender is loving God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our strength, with all our mind. Then showing love to your neighbor by helping them to do the same. When we don't give total surrender to God, we allow Satan to claim victory in our lives. Don't allow him. Don't allow him to have a foothold in your heart, to have a foothold in your mind, to have a foothold in your body. Jesus desires that you would surrender yourself completely to him, that you would be a living testimony by the way you live, by the way you talk, by the way that you have your devotion, but it's more than devotion. As Pastor Russ said in the last sermon, it's more than devotion, but it's a devoted life. Jesus desires that by the way you live, according to his will, that you would draw others to him by the life you live, by sharing how God has transformed you, by showing where God has brought you from, and by proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ to all those who need to hear the good news. When people see that it can be done, they will do. But I ask you, what are the things that are holding you back? What are the things that are getting in the way of that total surrender? Think about it a moment. I know you know what it is. I know what, I know I know what it is. And I want you to know that you can't do it. But I know someone who can. Come to the cross. Ask Jesus to take it and he will take it. He will give you the transformation you so require. And in so, it will be a testimony for others to see that it can be done and that Jesus will do. If this is your desire, I ask you to pray with me now. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, remove all obstacles. Remove all things that are in our way. Lord, you tell us that nothing will separate us from your love. But Lord, allow us not to get in our own way. Lord, help us when we fail, when we lose strength, when we lose heart, when we lose mind. Lord, be that which we need. God, it is my desire that I could see all of my family here in heaven. And I know it is even more so your desire. 
So Lord, help us. Help us to be your people. Help us to humble ourselves. And Lord, shine your face upon us. We love you so much, but Jesus Christ, thank you so much for loving us even more. Lord, help us give complete and total surrender to you. I pray all these things in the wonderful and the powerful name of Jesus Christ. Amen.